Hello everyone, and welcome once again to If We Can Just Say. I am your host, Stephen Ogle, and with me as always is my lovely wife and co-host, Jessica Carter Ogle. Hi everybody. Hi. Sorry about that. I was ridiculed for my breathing last time, so I was trying to figure out how to do this. Okay. All right. Hi everybody. And next. <laughs> Hi everybody. <laughs> cool. Yeah. We're back again. Back in the saddle, as and they say. Back. As the kids say these days, I think it's back in the saddle again. You know you're cool when you say, as the kids say. <laughs> That's how you know. I don't, so. know. I don't even know. I don't know what these kids say these days. It's God, you're really just pushing it. No idea. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. Cool. You got it. I know what I say these days, and that's what matters. You're the only one. <laughs> you're the only one who knows. <laughs> so... Um, here we are again for another good episode. We got some stuff in here that I think everybody will find enjoyable. Do you? Yeah, I think so. Why okay. not? All right. Why not? Um, for those of you that might have seen on my Facebook page and on our social media posts yesterday, I posted photos of my completed Marvel sleeve tattoo on my left arm. Slowly is- but surely, he's turning into the illustrated man. Uh, shout out to JR, uh, tattoos by JR on Instagram. Um, dude is fantastic. He's been working on this for 10 years. He took a small break to move over to my right arm to work on the DC sleeve a little bit and then came back to finish up this one. And it is, it is complete. And I, I, I've been looking at it and I, I can't, I, I can't believe that it's done. Like it's crazy. I can't believe that it's now done. It's, 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 it's still just, I, I keep looking at it going, no, uh, the two of you will find something. <laughs> I mean, there's there's one... Um, and not just that lightning bolt. You, you two will find something. Yeah, I mean, like he was like yesterday, he was like, I'm sure I missed something, and, and we'll get it on your next appointment. And I was like, yeah, it's cool. And literally, he missed like an inch worth of lightning bolt putting like white around it, and that's it. So literally, when I go back in the next time, that'll take him like a minute or two to do that, and then he'll do my... Steven will be walking in with his cane to his JR appointments <laughs> in 2044. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah. So shout out to JR if you guys uh if you guys want some uh some good tattoo work. He uh works over at Eternal Tattoos in East Point. And uh dude's really good, man. Yeah, He's your do- stuff looks great. You get stopped a lot by people. I do, yes. Yeah. Especially I- for the color. And and yeah. your tattoos are a few years old and people are like, Oh, that color's great and you're like, Oh, this is five years old. Yeah, I we were at a concert last year and somebody was like, Hey, Nightcrawler. Because I saw my Nightcrawler tattoo. Oh, yeah, Glenn tattoo. Hansard. And I yeah. was like, I, I, tur- I knew they were talking to me. Like, there's no n- nobody else Like that that's going to... I haven't seen a lot of Nightcrawler tattoos. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen a Nightcrawler tattoo except, except for my own. Yeah. Um. So, But yeah, I, everything on here, uh, on my arm, it's it's all original. I've never seen anybody with any of these tattoos. And um, a lot of it, a lot of it is JR's creativity. And just going, hey, like, yeah. all right, we can do this. We can put it here. We can do this. Make this swirl. Make this color. Do these colors. Do these lightning. Like, and there are not a lot of people as neurotic as my husband, and like totally like just nuts about the fact that he even like gets tattoos blows my mind because he is so just nuts about everything and the way things look <laughs> and are and 
the perfect angles of the way stuff has to be. Sometimes I'll just like shift something around the house, just a, just a slight, <laughs> and he's just like loses it. So I'm amazed that he let someone like permanently mark his body. So like Jr. must be pretty darn good. I mean, the thing is, is like he's got you know certain things have to you know if it's it's certain things have to look straight. Certain things have the ability to not look straight, and he can still make it look cool. Um, but it still has to look perfectly not straight. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, and he so, does it, and yeah. he does it great. Mm-hmm. Like he does it fantastic, exactly. Um, and and it's. It comes. I have an X Men symbol on the inside of my wrist, and the lightning and everything is dissipating. And he didn't make it dissipate into my hand so much as he did towards the outside of my wrist, where you can see where like the white and the yellow and the blue kind of fades out in a it, not in a straight direction. And I love it. It's great. I keep looking at it, going. That's a that was a cool idea because one would think that it would just dissipate towards yeah. your fingers and that's not what happens. He's got you know some lines that come up and look like they're connecting into my veins and like it's injecting into my veins, which is really cool. I really like that a lot. But off to the side is where everything starts to lose lose the color on yeah. purpose. Um, but yeah, there's just so many cool stuff. Um, I've got a, a Hawkeye arrowhead that's got my dad's initial in it. And it's actually like legit my dad's, uh, uh, the way he wrote his T's, he wrote them to look like a seven. Um, That's cool. I think. And I got that and he took a picture of it and gave it to him. And then he superimposed it and drew it onto the arrowhead and then put it on me. Yeah. And so it's actually my dad's T, which I think is really cool. Uh, my plan. I have something planned for my mom on the other side, uh, on my right arm, to do a similar thing as well, which would be really cool. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, it, it's crazy that it's done. Like I can't, I can't believe that it's done. It's so, just that arm. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I will be shocked if you're ever done. And and the thing is, is like, you know, in 2016 when he started doing my right arm when he started with the winter oh soldier my gosh, tattoo it's been eight years uh wait did i say 16 i meant to say 14 sorry 2014 that yeah. can't be right i thought you got your tattoo closer to i thought you started getting tattoos closer to us meeting no i actually i thought it was like 16 or something um let's see yeah 2016 june june of 16 must so, i do everything He's been tattooing me for 10 years. I had a tattoo before that, um, but he started in 2016, of in June of 16, of doing the Winter Soldier tattoo, which is on my shoulder, on my left arm, and that's where he started. And where it was going to go and how it went, like, I could not have told you then that the, it was going to go the way it went. But I just knew, I knew what the top was going to be. I knew it was going to be Winter Soldier and Nightcrawler. And then, and at some point, I thought it was going to be Daredevil, but then I went another direction, and we did Rocket and Groot, and then we did Fantastic Four, and it's just one of those things of like it just kind of ebbed and flowed through, and I, I love it, man. It's it's fantastic. I know that arm didn't look like that on our first date. I will tell you that. <laughs> nope, nope, definitely not. Whoa. So yeah, so I got another appointment next month to start on my other arm, and I'm or to start on my other forearm, I should say. I, I already have a uh, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman symbol um, 
on my forearm. So we're going to put map everything I out. I suggested get, a picture of it. me, and it was shot down, and I feel that's very rude. <laughs> very rude. Put all this breach and broy on your arm, but you can't have this beautiful face right here. It's supposed to be the thing that you think is the most beautiful in the world. I hear it all the time, but this can't go on your arm? What else? I could put you on my back. You're already on my back. I'm already carrying that. So I've already got dibs on that, I guess. <laughs> Anywho. So yeah, I uh, got that going on. And and as typical, uh, when I go to get a tattoo, Jess makes some sort of cookies or something the day before. And I, I know, take I know I take... somehow I somehow have become like a baker for his tattooer. <laughs> like Steven like looks at me like Oh, you didn't make anything? I'm getting a tattoo on Saturday. Don't you know that? Oh, well, I apologize. I guess that means I have to bake something. And at this point, I don't mind baking it for JR, but Steven, I'm getting a little perturbed about. <laughs> so uh, so I took JR two cookies, one of which was just uh, a cookie dough with M&Ms in it, and then the other is a cookie that I found online back when we first started dating. And then she made them sometime after we, I think our first Christmas in the house in like 2020, but it's a cookie. I made them for you in our apartment. Did you? I'm pretty sure. I made them for you whenever you gave me the recipe. They look I feel like, like it was 2020 is when I got the action. Cause they look like spaceships. When they you, look you know. as the years progress and my technique improves, they look less and less like spaceships. So what is the actual cookie? What's it? What's I don't it know what it's called. Oreo M&M cookie. It's basically like a um, chocolate chip cookie dough type of dough, but yep. with mini M&Ms in it and it gets wrapped around an Oreo. Which is fantastic. And then it gets baked and then you put like more mini Oreos on it or mini M&Ms on it. Which is and the first time I made Wonderful. it, it looked like a complete disaster, and it was like the cookie like baked off of it, and it sort of looked like a spaceship. <laughs> and I was like, this is terrible. So this year I made them. I think, I don't know what these guys are supposed to do, and they say to bake them for like 12 minutes, and I'm like, in your freaking dreams. I don't know how that's going to, like, you would just want to eat raw dough, which, yes, I do, but this is not the situation for that. So how long do you cook them? I bake them for like 17 minutes, probably. Okay. Um, but I think this was my best batch yet, in my opinion. Um, I've actually enjoyed them, and I don't normally. They're fantastic every time for this guy. Um, I just call him his alien, his spaceship cookies, yeah. Zorio spaceship cookies. Yeah, so took some of those to JR as well. They're he, huge, too. They're like yeah. when you go to like the bakery and get like one $3 cookie, they're like that. They're yeah, they're they're big. Huge. They're big. So, so um, I made those for him. But yeah, so I enjoy them. JR sent back a, a photo and was like, oh my gosh, this is great. Said, yeah. yeah. So it's normally banana bread, but. <laughs> Which he likes that too. Yeah. So, <laughs> but no, it was this. He had a story about where he, um, he put it in his backpack to go home, the banana bread, and then forgot about it. You know, I got my tattoo on like a Saturday, so he forgot about it Saturday. Sunday goes by, Monday. He goes, like, he couldn't figure out why his dog kept going to his backpack all weekend. He's like, ah, leave my backpack alone. Like, what are you doing? And then he's like. This is a luxury baked good item that you left in there for three days. And then he's like, wait a minute. Oh, crap. So he pulls it out. 
that's what his dog was sniffing the whole time was a banana bread. He's lucky that holds up good for a few days. Oh, yeah. He's, and of course, said it was great. But he, was, he said it was funny because his dog would literally, like, every time he came in the room, he'd go to the backpack to sniff it. Yeah. I'm like, Sophia would do that. And it had chocolate chips in it. So I'm very glad his dog didn't get into it because then I would just be a nervous wreck about the whole thing. Yeah. And, and I understand the whole dog sniffing something every time they come into the room because this week... So I got a vinyl that I purchased from somebody off of uh, oh, uh, Facebook, and she lost her mind. Like she would not leave this box alone. Like she, and she you, went like, back downstairs. Would not, you would like prohibit her smelling. No, I let her sniff it like crazy when because uh, I always let her sniff every box that comes in. I let her sniff it like crazy, and then I came down here. I opened up the vinyl. I put it on the record player. I'm listening to it. That's a Norma Jean vinyl that I posted a couple days ago. And then I set the box next to my trash can. Well, she came down here and lost it. Like, just could not, you couldn't pry her off of that if you wanted to. And finally, I just, finally I yelled at her and was like, get out of here. So then I go upstairs to do something with you and I turn around. She goes back downstairs by herself to go snip. I'm like, what in the world? There must have been something on there because she well, would not let it go. Yeah. I, had to, I had to put it in the garage and get it out of here because she just kept coming down and she'd smell yeah. it for like a good like two or three minutes. I don't know what was on there. Could have been anything. No idea. In other news, we sold our table on yes. Sunday. Our ki- dining room, kitchen, table, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Gone. Yes. Our kitchen table. Gone. Very exciting. A very nice couple from Toledo. Yes. The, the fiance drove down. He got the table. They're getting married in the fall. They've been together about seven years. They seemed very nice. Yep communicated with her through facebook marketplace and he came down to get the table yep so they were very nice helped them load it up it's just amazing how many people like i don't know maybe i'm just nicer than most which anyone who knows me that's definitely (laughs) not true but like i if i say i'm gonna come look at your table if i decide to find if i decide i'm getting something else i would reach out and tell you if I, you know, if I'm selling something and then I, or I'm, I think I'm going to buy something from somebody and they sell it, I'm going to tell that person I sold it. Like, this is just common courtesy. There, We just came across so many people on Marketplace that was like, oh, I'll offer you this. Does this work? I'm like, yeah, that's perfect. They're like, we can get it tonight. I'm like, okay, cool. Does this time work? And then I don't hear from them. And then I'm like, are you still interested? And they were like, yeah, can I come look at it? And I'm like, I thought that's what we were doing. And they never heard from him again. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? And then you've got like this nice young couple that like drove an hour to come look at the table and they got it. And it's like, ugh. yeah, but I was just so happy to sell it because having a table in pieces in your family room, having a table that it, it was like, we've had our table. I've had it for seven years. He and I have had it for four years together. Five years, I got whatever you want to say. I don't feel five. like doing the five. I mean, we didn't live together the whole time, but whatever. Um, and so then we had it in this space for three years in our house that was, you know, it was too big for the space. So having a smaller table in pieces in our family room, waiting to get rid of this, it was like the space that the table was in was slowly getting smaller and smaller every day. <laughs> because I had a table that was a better size for the space. I was waiting to get it in. I was waiting to get this sold. And it was like 
those little walls were just closing in on that space. <laughs> and I'm like, I just want this over and out of here. And whatever anyone wants to offer me, I'll take it. Like, get it out of here. You wouldn't even let me eat breakfast at the table on Sunday. Cause no. Because they, they were coming, Cause they to, were coming to look at it. So when he, we ate breakfast on Saturday. And bef- when he get to, went to get his tattoo, I was like, that's it for this table. I'm giving it a good wipe down today. And then you're no longer sitting at this. They're coming to look at it tomorrow. So that's it. I want them to take it. I want them to buy it and take it, you know, and I'm, and it's a good table. Like I, if I had the space for it, I would not have gotten rid of it, but I just didn't. So I'm like, I want it to be in good shape for them. I want them to like it. And I hope they, they, you get another good 10 years or so out of that table. There was nothing wrong with it. It was just at least, I mean, I would think that table would last last till they didn't want it anymore. Basically there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. So it just didn't fit our space. Our space was our space was just slightly too small. Like if if we stopped using the tables on the ends, which we did for a while. Yeah. At Christmas, I took the end chairs away and that gave me a little bit of breathing room. But but not much. But, but not the, like we have now with the new the table. table. Yeah. Which, spoiler alert, we have a new table. Yes. So we got our new table put together and yeah. put in the space. And I love it. I'll post a picture of it. But speaking of space for stuff. So if you guys have heard my saga of my oven and how sometimes it wants to preheat. And sometimes it's like, mm, screw you, lady. You wanted to bake something today? Well, I've got other ideas. <laughs> and so we wanted to get a new oven and then our dishwasher is also not awesome and smells and is stupid and so we're gonna just get new appliances because none of them match they're all very old we need to get a new stove and we probably need a new dishwasher i would say it still works but it doesn't work as well as it should we so ne- we definitely need a new dishwasher so those things need to be new we've got an old side-by-side fridge that doesn't you know it's not great sp- like a side-by-side is the biggest like racket in the history of fridge whoever decided that does developed that was like the biggest tool ever that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard of yeah so we've got that and then you know we'll get a new microwave so we're taking all these measurements because we find the appliances they want because there's like we want because there's a big sale and we're like apparently we have the shortest fridge in the world yep because we only have like 65 in where we have 68 inches of space yep and the new and fridge we, that every we get fridge is 70. available that is like the new model and basically, almost like 99% of fridges are like 70 inches. Yep. And we only have 68 inches of space available. Unless you want to get like something small, like an old school fridge, like what we have in our garage, yeah. which is really only like 58 inches or something, or 60 68. inches. Or 60, it was 68. Yeah. But yeah. so now it's turned into a whole thing where we need to get the top cover removed above our fridge, which is a waste cupboard anyway. No one can, no one like actively uses those. You put crap in there that you don't really use because so now it's like a whole project, but it's like, if it's not one thing, it's another. So now like we've got someone coming on Thursday to probably take out that cabinet and we're going to have him like, just see what he can do. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And then I'm standing in front of my fridge and I'm like, you are freaking short. Steven, look at this thing. This fridge is short. <laughs> I never realized. Like, I don't think, I think my parents' fridge is taller than me, and I'm definitely taller than our fridge. That's, like, Yeah, the top of their fridge is eye level with me. It's a it's a tall fridge. Yeah, yeah, and like, I'm. it's taller than me, and I'm standing in front of our fridge going, this thing is small. And then I'm like, well, if we're buying all new appliances, I don't want to, 
I, I would want more space in my fridge than to get like a downgraded fridge to keep a cabinet that is useless. Yep. So it's just a whole thing. Welcome to home, home ownership. Yeah, so. so we're figuring that out. So maybe on our next podcast, we might be talking about the appliances that we Holy ordered. Holy moly, people. So. Anyway. Yeah, but hopefully we'll be getting new appliances soon. That's it for us, I think. <laughs> I mean, our, like, new new stuff. Yeah, yeah that's, that's about it for going that. On. Um, the, 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 in the news this week, interesting thing that I started seeing... Um, so the WWE had SmackDown on Friday night, and they had Roman Reigns and The Rock together, which we've talked about on a previous podcast about how neither one of us are very excited that The Rock is is returning, and that he's a board member for TKO, the parenting company for WWE, and like basically he's a board member, and he's kind of from the outside looking in, it looks like he's pretty much shoved his way into the WrestleMania uh, card this year, and probably going to be on the main event for one of the nights. But the interesting thing is, is that the the stuff that happened on SmackDown, I saw news places reporting this that are not wrestling news, that don't normally po- report wrestling news that are reporting about The Rock. And I was like, that's different. Well, I guess it, WWE's happy then. That's I'm all sure business. They, so. I'm sure they are. Like, I mean, that's part of that's part of the reason why. They have The Rock. Yeah. I mean, that's part of it. I feel like they were doing just fine without him. I mean, the thing about The Rock is is that he's, I mean, he is a global superstar, so it makes sense that the WWE would be happy about him getting news across more things than just wrestling news. I understand that about the company. I mean, they are called World Wrestling Entertainment, so they do more than just wrestle. They entertain as well. Um, But I feel like... I feel like what's interesting and what the conversation is, is The Rock came out to give a promo. And he gave his promo while Roman and Jimmy Uso and Paul Heyman and Solo Sokoa were all standing to the side, kind of facing him. And he was doing some pointing. And it looked like he's pointing at, like, the camera guy in the ring, you know, to point, you know, down the camera at Cody. Right. Because he's making a promo about Cody Rhodes and calling the Cody crybabies and all this kind of stuff. But when you re-watch it and look at the camera angles and where they're pointed and where his hand is pointing, it looks like he's actually pointing and talking to Roman. Well, isn't that going to be the thing? It might be the thing. I mean, right now he's a heel. You know, Roman's like, for the first time ever, the Rock's part of the bloodline. Like, there's all this. But the thing that's interesting to me and that I hate most of all about it is that on this podcast, we've talked about our love for Roman Reigns. That was Jessica's, you know, wrestler of the year last year was Roman Reigns. And her her talk about the fact that he's Mount Rushmore right now, there's nobody better than him. There's nobody more entertaining than him. He is just next level. And to watch the SmackDown segment with The Rock, he looks like a jabroni standing there. Yeah, they've totally, they've just diminished everything that they've done with Roman. Everything they've done with their bloodline, his thousand plus... Uh, Almost 1,300 days Days the holding the title. Like, they have made Roman the Rock's little B, basically. Yeah. I don't, what what word do you use? They've made him his little punk or whatever. Like, um, his little sidekick, <laughs> his little... Yeah. I don't know what word you use that isn't that word, but 
that's what they've done. And I, in like one foul swoop, I feel like they have totally undercut Roman and everything that they have built with him and done with him for the rock. I get it's a business. Don't get me wrong. I, I get business versus all of the other stuff. I, I, have to do stuff like that in my job I get that but at the end of the day it's not you don't have to take it to all or nothing level you don't have to take it to undercutting your big stars the guys that have worked their butt off that have achieved so much and you don't have to take it to the level of totally ignoring everybody else that you have in the back you don't have to take it to the level of a title run and doing all that stuff you don't have to if you're bringing in somebody like that, it should be for a pop. It should be for a moment. It should be for a spot. It should yeah. be for something like that. It should be to lift up somebody else, not to be the center of attention themselves. Yep. The, I don't see what the point is. The The other thing was, is that the Rock's promo seemed very all over the place. It didn't even like... Like his interviews have been. Yeah, it was like just, who, what, it, like he doesn't know how to talk to anybody anymore. Like it's so strange. Like, like it, he doesn't know how to be the rock anymore because he's had so much failure lately. He doesn't know how to be himself anymore. I I, I, I just keep the, the tweet I saw or, or is it called tweets anymore? I don't, I don't know. know. The I X know. I saw freaking stupid dude. Anyway, that I saw <laughs> that the guy was like, so he lost the XFL he couldn't take that over. He failed at DC. He couldn't take that over. And so now he's trying to take over this. Like, I just feel like so everything that they said about you in Hollywood is probably true. And now you're coming in like this. You didn't have to come. It didn't have to be like this for you to be there. Yeah. Guys have come back. Yeah. And it did. It wasn't like this. Undertaker came back. That was a hell of a thing with him and AJ Styles and yeah. all of that. John Cena was just back. A hell of a thing. And and John Cena, while he was back, put over Grayson Waller, Jimmy Uso, and Solo yeah. Sokoa. And they asked him, why don't you want to do like a title run? And he's like, because there's a bunch of guys that deserve it. My time, I had my run. There's a bunch of guys in the bag. That's not why I'm here. When When John Cena came back his last time, I saw a lot of people online that were like, oh, he's like The Rock now. He just comes back, blah, 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 blah. By the time he was done with his run at the end of the writer's strike, literally everybody was like, oh, John Cena came back to put talent over. Yeah, exactly. That's what you should be doing. You should be giving back. Yeah. And you can be a heel. You can be whatever. You can be a character. You can be everything to do that. But that's not what it seems like The Rock is doing. No, it does not. It and like he's got a seat on the board. So it seems like he's bullied his way in. He's got a seat on. And he's just Vince, Mc, Vince McMahon minus being a sexual predator. He he has a seat on the board and he hired his own creative writer. Yeah. So, I mean. Which is a guy that used to work for the company between like 2002 and 2008 or something like that. It's just, it comes off as pathetic to me. It It does seem like he's reaching back for glory in a yeah. way. Yeah. And it's and, like, and it's not great. But but my biggest complaint is the fact that when Roman is standing there next to him, he looks like he looks like a little piss ant. He looks like his tiny little brother. Yeah, just, and just, it's like, are you kidding me? That that's supposed to be the tribal chief. 
That's yeah. supposed to be the head of the table. Yep. That's supposed to be the guy in the wrestling industry. And you've literally destroyed that in one foul swoop. Yep. You've taken that and destroyed it. Yep. So Cody versus Roman, at this point, what does that even mean? Because what does versus Roman even mean? I mean, the thing is, you know, we don't know how it's going to turn out. And obviously a lot of people are talking about how, you know, either Roman's going to turn on, or sorry, The Rock's going to turn on Roman, or... Uh, there's the other scenario where Cody doesn't win. And I, I got to be honest with you. If Cody, if Cody does not beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania uh, after winning the Rumble twice. What the heck is all this for? What's the point? And, and I look at it also, him and CM Punk were the last two people in the Rumble. And CM Punk had torn his tricep earlier on in that match. And Cody Rhodes threw him over the top rope to win. And there's a lot of conspiracy theories that believe that Punk was actually supposed to win that with The Rock coming back. Because if Co- if CM Punk would have won, he'd be challenging Seth Rollins. He didn't have anything to do with Roman. He had already been starting a feud with Seth Rollins, and he'd have gone after that title. And then The Rock could have came back and faced Roman, and we would have gotten that big box office. Yeah. And Cody Rhodes would have been doing something else. Who knows what? Probably a grudge match with somebody. They'd have figured, it, figured that out. Maybe Drew McIntyre or something like that. But CM Punk getting his... Uh, tearing his tricep in the Royal Rumble, I think it threw a, a, a wrench in the entire machine. When you look at when you look at that and what that possibility of him winning does, it makes everything make sense if he wins the Rumble. I just think, screw you, WWE. You make me want a world in which I have to look at CM Punk over The Rock. How dare you? I've always liked CM Punk. I know you have, Stephen, but I'm just saying this is where I'm at. I, I liked The Rock back in the day. Um, but uh, you know, I, I watched CM Punk in AEW and I watched him help talent get over even despite all the crazy that was going on in that company. I watched him get in matches on a biweekly basis and help get people over and help people get time to shine on TV. Everybody liked The Rock's the Rock not, back in the day. But The Rock doesn't do that when he comes no, back. He, I don't know what he's doing. He does, that's the other thing. He doesn't wrestle when he comes back no, either, except what, for like on a pay-per-view. What does he even do? I don't, I don't know. No idea. Anyway. So it's just interesting that I saw that in a, quite a few places that were not wrestling news reporting about The Rock being on SmackDown yeah. and, and with Roman Reigns. I thought that was a, interesting. quote-unquote mainstream star, though he hasn't done anything since his movie bombed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Not since Black Adam bombed. No, yeah. it, it didn't bomb. But the fallout from it with James Gunn and Peter Saffron taking over made it appear as though it bombed. But it did not actually bomb at the theater. Well, the weird thing, too, with the Black Adam, I just don't think people knew enough about that character. That's possible. To start a whole thing with it. And he thought he was really something because he was like... We're bringing Henry Cavill back, and he's going to be the next Superman. And so he really got his self puffed up with his power at DC and what he can do. And then they got a whole new creative team, and they brought in James Gunn. And James Gunn's like, I'm not catering to The Rock. We're not doing all this. And so, you know, The Rock's not used to that. No. Because he thinks he's something special. Nobody is special everyone is just who they are and i think that james gunn and and not so much peter saffron because he doesn't have dealings with kevin feige and marvel studios but james gunn had a lot of years of working with kevin feige working right beside him uh producing all these movies and building a timeline and all that kind of stuff for the universe that is the mcu 
And I think when he walked in to take over DC, he went, uh, "No, there's not going to be there's not going to be an actor to come in and tell me what to do." And whatever happened with the Hobbs and Shaw sequel? Uh, it's a, it's on it's on like hold hiatus thing from the writer strike. It's never been moved forward or anything that was, since that. I I was surprised that didn't happen before the writer strike, but I find it interesting that he had such a big guff to everything with Fast and the Furious didn't want to do anything else he wanted his own movies after that his sequel never got made and he was in the last Fast and the Furious movie he was in a in credit scene and yeah because he him and Vin, Vin Diesel made up yeah but obviously there's a little bit of turmoil going on with that person's name that I just mentioned yes yeah, so. um so who knows whether or not we're even going to get another Fast and Furious movie so you have you have the you look at the rock's track record with things as of late and it seems as though everything has fallen apart for him so f- him coming into the WWE i feel like in a way it's like the Kool-Aid man coming through the kid's wall going oh yeah and the kid's like oh no you just broke my wall yeah. you big red jerk yeah yeah so anyway all i can tell you is we're not buying his tequila again Moving on to album anniversaries. I, w- I do want to try Matthew McConaughey's tequila, okay. Why though. Why are you such a sucker for celebrity liquor? I just want to try it, man. I to- do not want to be coddling these celebrities. Like, they don't have enough money. They're peddling their liquor wares to me. Fine. I'll stick with whatever it is that we buy that's the cheap stuff. It doesn't God. have to be cheap. I don't mind buying quality liquor, but I don't need it to be made by some sort of dumb celebrity. I guess. I guess there's that, but at the same time, like, I don't know. Thank God you can't drink gin, or I'd have Ryan Reynolds crap in my house. Is that all he makes is gin? Does he make anything no, else? No, he just makes gin. He doesn't make a and whiskey or a tequila? I that in my home. Oh, I, no, I can't do gin. My my kidneys don't process good. gin. It's, uh, it's a bad day for me. Excellent. Ooh, not good. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Um, on February 20th, that will be... Uh, Kurt Cobain's birthday for our album anniversaries this week. Kurt Cobain, crazy. Posthumously. Posthumously, yes. Um, but still, like 1967 was when uh, Kurt Cobain was born, and we talk about Nirvana on this podcast quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so We enjoy Nirvana. Yeah, Nirvana's good stuff, so I'll be listening to a little bit of that this week. I'm still disappointed at not... I mean, I guess there was a lot of Nirvana stuff at the Mopop Museum, but... They had a room dedicated yeah, to them. You're what do right. you mean? I don't know. I it, forgot about that room. As soon as I started talking, <laughs> I then remembered the Nirvana room. I was going to say, they got a room dedicated to like lyrics written on. down on notebooks and moving T-shirts on. and guitars and amps and photos and all kinds of moving crazy on. stuff. <laughs> moving on. What albums do we have? Um, from uh, one 1993, Hard Working Man, the sequel of Brooks and Dunn. Man, they don't make 90s country anymore, and that's a shame. Now we have crap like Beyonce making a country album. That's, oh. yeah, now oh. we've got crap like that. Oh, boy. Moving on, that'll be a different conversation. Oh, I've got more information boy. to really rip into it. But nonetheless. Woo, boy. I mean, that, folks, I don't know about you guys, but I felt that one. I yeah, felt that well, one in, in my soul. Like, you guys just think anybody can do it? Anybody can just be post maloning it up here with his grill and tat face and you can just come in here and be country music i'm i'm gonna sound like a jerk when i say this 
Um, I listened to the two Beyonce songs that released. They sound like hot garbage. I yeah, listened to I'm sure they do. I listened to ten seconds of Post Malone with having uh, Luke Combs on it, and it sounds amazing. Well, because Luke Combs is I, he could sing a commercial slogan, and it would sound amazing. Yeah, he could sing you the phone book, and you'd you'd listen to Post it. Malone. It's not even that his voice is bad. I just can't look at his stupid face. I, I understand. Like, why that. does his face look like that? Yeah, I'm totally fine. I don't care how that makes me sound. World, I understand. I, I that that doesn't bother me. I, I I listen to it from a musician standpoint and listening to, you know, what does it sound like to me? Is this like this is supposed to be country? Beyonce still sounds like pop. It doesn't sound and like. Country. I read that Lana Del Rey is supposed to be making a country album. Like, get in your lane. Get out of here. So everyone is just going to start coming over to country and everyone thinks they can make a country album. And then what what is going on over here? Like, what is everyone like? I, and then what what happens to like the country sound? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, and you, you Maren at, Morris just released a cover of Billy Idol. Yeah. Billy Idol. Um, Dancing with myself. Yes. And I was like, this is not this is terrible. First of all, it sounded terrible. And I'm a Marin Morris fan, but she just got divorced and she apparently had an album she was ready to release. And then she got divorced and scrapping the whole thing. And then she releases this single. And I'm like, well, this is terrible. And I'm like, Stephen, this is an 80s pop song. And he's like, what? I don't know what this is. And I'm like, yeah, this is Billy Idol right here. It's not a Billy Idol song that I knew, which is crazy because I need to listen to more Billy Idol. I mean, it sounds different. So it took me a minute. Yeah. And I was like, I know what this is. I know what this is. And I'm like, this is terrible. So I just feel like I don't want my country music to sound like pop. I mean, there's already an influx of uh, of heavy country pop. There and a is. lot of that's because of Taylor Swift. There is. But I don't want it to just be that. I don't want all these people infiltrating and it just to be that. It's very frustrating to me. I, I don't think it's going to be just like that because I think that people like Kip Moore and... Luke Combs Laney and Brad, Wilson. Brad Paisley, Lainey Wilson, um, you know. Like, I just feel like if Beyonce thinks she's going to be winning a Grammy for a country album, her and her little husband got another thing coming. She might win a Grammy, but she's not going to win the CMT Album of the Year award with it. I don't know. She's going to win it. She's not going to win that. I, I'm, those two need to just over them. Anyway, back to Brooks and Dunn. Back to Brooks and Dunn. Um, Excellent. That ain't no way to go. Rock my world, little country girl, hardworking man. Oh, they're so great. She used to be mine. Oh my gosh, this album's amazing. Yeah. Nineteen ninety three. I mean, we're talking like one of the that was the like the prime. pinnacle of line dancing country, like honky tonk. Yeah, line dancing. Hook your belt loops with your thumb. Go out and have a blast, country. They even put a boot scootin' boogie club mix on there. Wow. Talk about revolutionary for nineteen ninety three. Uh, and, and I don't know, maybe that came later in a deluxe edition, but that's what's on Apple Music. It's the very last track. Um, but yeah, I just, I remember Rock My World, Little Country Girl. I love that song. That was great. Um, but yeah, Brooks and Dunn, can't go wrong there. Speaking of uh, roots of country, um, we have uh, we have uh, Johnny Cash. Excellent. His first album that was released posthumously, which was his 66th album. Wow. I mean, music was different then, though. Like they were, chur- they like he's they, like Bob Dylan. They just were churning them out. They were shorter songs, but they were churning. Like they had, that was it. Like they did nothing else. They That's right. didn't take time. They didn't have 
this is why they had no lives. They didn't see their kids. They had affairs. This is like, I'm not like excusing any of that, but I'm saying this is like looking at like Elvis and turning out those movies and Johnny Cash and do it like this was it. They had nothing else. When when people talk about old school wrestling and talk about like Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes yeah. and the Midnight Express and right. stuff like that, Dusty Rhodes, when Cody Rhodes was born, Dusty came in like the the morning after he was born, held him for a few hours, took a nap, and then went back on the road. Yeah. And that's similar to what Johnny Cash did, that he lived his life on the road. Like, he lived his life on the road in which he took a record player with him all the time, and he spun vinyl in the hotel room, and most of the time he was taking Bob Dylan with him because that was his favorite artist. I think it's terrible. What? All of that. Oh, to be on the road all the time? Yeah, that's terrible. That's terrible that Dusty Rhodes is like, hey, thanks for popping out my kid. Kiss you on the head and I'm out to to wrestle. But that's all he had to make a living. That's the only way he could make the living was if he was. That's terrible. It's I I mean, that is part of um, it's just like a tradesman. If they're not working, they're not making money. And that's so that was also a different time. Yes. And music back then for Johnny Cash with him having 66 albums. It's a tradesman. It's being it's a different time when there were no. There, there wasn't regulations. There weren't. There wasn't work-life balance. There, your wife wasn't also working. There was only a sole breadwinner, so you knew there was always somebody there. Nowadays, like that's. But there was no other way to. Uh, there, there was no internet to be making money that way. I'm there was no social media to promote just, yourself. The only way to promote yourself was to drive to that town and make I know, an appearance. Just saying. Um, so yeah, so it's Johnny terrible. Johnny Cash, sixty sixth album came out in two thousand ten. American Six ain't no grave. Cool. Um, couple of covers on there that he did. He covered a uh, Cheryl Crow song. Um, he covered the song "Ain't No Ain't No Grave Can Take My Body Down." This album was released posthumously because it was the final. Uh, American Recordings album that he was making at the time that he died. Um, And some musicians came in that were all friends of his and stuff and went into the studio to record it. You can read about the American Recordings. I highly recommend. It's some of Johnny Cash's best stuff. He does tons of covers on each of these albums. He does some of his own stuff, some traditional songs. Um, But yeah, this album album came out and um, ended pretty much the American recordings. There was no more after this. There was only six. Um, but it's it's a great album. I like it a lot. Uh, we have albums that released during this time, but we talked about them last year on episode 49, so I want to throw that out there. So if, you, if you're looking for more albums around uh, these dates, look for episode 49. Cool. And then, and then to finish up our album anniversaries this week, the same artist released two albums, one in 2014, his seventh album, Riser and the other album last year and uh his tenth album and that would be Dirk Bentley. Gravel and Gold. Gravel and Gold. Gravel and Gold is when we got back together. <laughs> oh, when you and Dirks got back together. Yeah. Um I listened to Riser several times today. I love the Burning Man song. I think I like it's fantastic. Bourbon in Kentucky. The the one with uh, Casey Musgraves. Isn't she on that song? On Bourbon in Kentucky? Yeah. I believe she's, she sings uh, harmony vocals on that one. She doesn't get like a spot, but she's do, she's singing harmony. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Because uh, she's not on there. And Drunk on a Plane. Is... Drunk on a Plane. That's that's my jam. Yeah. I, I love that one. Uh, the final track has Chris Stapleton on it. 
singing harmony vocals on uh, Hurt Somebody. Sounds of Summer, Pretty Girls. Uh, yeah, Riser's pretty good. Riser I never really listened to because that was during our hiatus, but it was it was good when I went back to it. And then Gravel and Gold is a hell of an album. We saw him, as you guys know, on the first leg of his tour, and we're hoping to see him on the second leg. Yep. Tickets aren't on sale yet. We want to go for a long anniversary weekend and see him. Yep. Um, yeah. So. I, I told her, I was like, you know, the likelihood of him playing the exact same set list is is not very high. Generally, when they do a second leg, they turn around and do different songs off the album that they didn't do the other time. I'm sure he'll do like Gold and I'm sure he'll do Same Old Me and yeah. stuff like that. But there's a chance he might do Beer at My Funeral and stuff like that. that so we you're didn't telling hear. me there's a chance. Oh, God, I want to hear that song so bad. Well, we'll um, see. We'll see what happens. I think those tickets go on sound next week. Yep. Yep. And on this album, he's got Ashley McBride. He's got um, Jerry Douglas playing Dobro. Uh, he's showed up on several of his albums in the past. And uh, Billy Strings on the last song, High Note. If you if you like bluegrass music, if you like old school country music, I highly recommend listening to this album. And I recommend starting with the last track on the album. It's a jam. The whole thing's a jam. It yeah. starts off um, with flat picking guitar. Um, and it's, it's so good. Like even the music video is, is pretty cool. I watched the music video just to see it. Um, cause I think, I think Billy Strange is really cool and I'm, I'm slowly getting into his stuff too, which he's nice. a, he's a good guitar player, but highly recommend Dirk Bentley. Very well liked and enjoyed on this podcast. That's Excellent. for sure. And in a random round out of this episode, uh, we were sitting on the couch on Saturday, or I was sitting on the couch on Saturday. My brother was actually going to come over Saturday evening, and he did. We hadn't seen him in a while, so just a random hangout, which was nice, chatting and catching up. Um, but before he came over, we were I was sitting on the couch. Stephen was in the kitchen, and I have no idea how or why he said this, but he randomly said, save the clock tower. Yeah. And so I said, oh, my gosh, we must watch Back to the Future. Thus started, for some reason, we watched the Back to the Future trilogy on Saturday. <laughs> you pulled so, out your DVDs. My DVDs. <laughs> and from my like old CD case, zip up, you know, four on a page. Yep. DVDs is how I store my DVDs. And I brought up my case with its little like handle, carried it upstairs, <laughs> unzipped it. Yep. Got out my DVDs and to change them out every time. Oh my god. And we watch the Back to the Future trilogy. If you guys have never seen it, I don't even know what sort of human being you are. And if you have seen it, watch it again. Like those movies are so fantastic. The practical effects still hold up. Yep. Like the yes, storyline, the acting, like it is just amazing. And we had a blast. My brother showed up about Partway into Back to the Future 2, I told him, I was like, I'm confident you'll be able to pick it up where it starts. <laughs> I, think you'll, I think you'll know. He's like, oh, I'm not sure. I'm not really good with sci-fi movies. Oh, my God. Knowing full well that we had probably seen those movies a thousand times. We could quote them back and forth to each other. Yep, for sure. So that was fun. So I thought I would look up some random, like, fun facts about Back to the Future. Okay. We all know, like, the big ones, but... So yeah. one of them I saw that originally the time machine, one of the first thoughts was it was going to be a fridge. Really? And Marty was going to be going into like a room into a fridge to time travel. Weird. Yeah. Super weird. Okay. 
The script was originally rejected 44 times. 44? 44 times before it was accepted. (laughs) What? And originally, they were not supposed to be going to a clock tower. There was not going to be a clock tower in it. It was going to be a nuclear test site. But they felt like the cost was too high. Like I, the, yeah, I remember so, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Christopher Lloyd originally said no. He was not into it. He did not want to do it. He was not like taken by the script. But he met with Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis met with him. And he was so impressed by Robert Zemeckis that he was like, all right, I'll do it. That's fantastic. Yeah. I can't imagine if it w- no. if it had been anybody else, Not it wouldn't have worked. No. Um, and then this is funny because this next one is something Stephen and I noticed for the first time in this first movie. They talk about the clock prediction in the beginning of the movie. In the beginning of the movie, Doc has like a thousand clocks in his in his room, and they're all ticking and synchronized. And you see one that shows a man hanging from the hour hand. Yep. And um. Or the minute hand, I'm sorry. Yeah. And that's the prediction of Doc hanging from the minute hand at the end of the movie when they're doing the lightning. Yeah. And I had neither one of us had ever noticed that before in all the times that we'd seen the movie and we both like picked it out this time. The the other the other thing that we picked out in the second movie was all of the hints for the third movie. Yes. Which all of the I, I don't know why I'd never noticed, but there's like four or five yeah. hints towards things. Like even just like the time circuits, like not working and he punches it and it pu- comes up with like September 1st of 1885 yeah. instead of, you and know. And then it flashes back to yeah. the, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was nominated for four Oscars and one Best Effects um, sound effects editing. Okay. So it won that Oscar. Um, Doc was originally supposed to have a chimp, not a dog. <laughs> and um, the head of Universal was like, um, I've looked into it. No movie with chimps has ever made any money. So no. Um, We're not doing that. Smokey and the Bandit? So nope. Or, well, and, that, was, that wasn't a chimp, though. That was an ape. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I was like, come on. And lastly, it, this... No, not Smokey... <sighs> I Am I thinking of a movie with Clint Eastwood having an ape? I think you might be. Yeah, because it's not Smokey and the Bandit. No, I don't. I've not seen any either of them. So, well, I guess it wasn't that popular. So maybe the guy was right. <laughs> um, one of the execs from um, the studio sent out a memo asking or requesting, like suggesting that it be changed to Spaceman from Pluto instead of Back to the Future because it thought they thought it was a terrible name. And it got all the way up to Steven Spielberg, who replied with a thanks for the joke memo. And then that was the end of it. <laughs> once he said that, once he was like, oh, thank you for the joke memo. Which that's. And then that was the end. And that's the comic book name that the kid's reading. Spaceman from Pluto. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. He's reading. Yeah. He's reading that. That's that's fantastic. So Steven Spielberg squashed that. Um, we watch, uh, well, I've watched all of Rick and Morty. Jess has, uh, started watching it, uh, going through it. Uh, I'm going through it again with her. Rick and Morty was inspired by Back to the Future in which originally it was called the Adventures of Doc and Marty, 
but then they got a cease and desist, and so he changed it to <laughs> Rick and Morty. I'm not surprised they got a cease and desist. <laughs> that show is whack, man. Yeah. Wacky. Yeah, and that was not... No, I mean, they got the cease and desist before they ever got like on cable television. It was just like YouTube stuff that they put up. You can see some old stuff uh, of way, the adventures of Doc wacky. and Marty. I'm sure they got a cease and desist. Like, one, you can't just use that, and two... Wow, content-wise, we cannot be associated with. Yeah, so uh, not exactly Back to the Future trivia, but a little bit of Rick and Morty yeah. trivia that kind of crosses over there. Um, but yeah, that is just from our from my childhood. I which one of the three? Uh, what? No, nah, I know which one's your favorite. Your first one is a favorite. Yeah, first one. What is your favorite scene in all of the three movies? What's the scene that stands out the most to you? What do you think of first when you think of Back to the Future? Oh my gosh. What's the first thing that oh flashes my gosh. in your head? I don't know. Ah. 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 I don't know. You go. What's yours? Me? Um, it's it's at the end of the first movie. Um, or no, not the end of the first movie. It's the end of the second movie where he comes back and he's like, I just sent you in the future. I know, but I'm back. I'm back from the future. Yeah. And then he's like, great Scott. And he falls down and his legs fall. It's, his legs aren't together, but he puts his, spreads his legs out as far as I can go and is laying there on the ground. That's the yeah. first thing that pops into my head. Yeah. I don't know. I can't. I I mean, there's that one. There's the uh, uh, blue. This is a blues ref and B. Watch me for the changes and uh, try to keep up, okay? Yeah. I like when he's like, you're my density. <laughs> George McFly is incredibly awkward. <laughs> very, very awkward. I love how the dad's like, one one of those kids, I hit one of those kids with my car again. One of those kids got in front of the car again. Again, <laughs> like it's just a weekly thing. But yeah, yeah that movie's great. So um, the the other check that out. The other one that, that pops into my head is... Uh, um, I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet. Yeah. But your kids are going to love it. I also think, and one thing I said was, <laughs> I don't think um, Biff gets enough credit as one of the greatest movie villains of all time. Yes. not. I mean, he is a gr he's a huge movie villain. He's a bully. He's a sexual predator. He's a narcissist. He is one of the biggest movie villains of all time, and I do not think that he is recognized as such. I yeah, I, I would agree with that. And so, and in the second movie, another another line that I like a lot is when uh, Marty like watches bit or watches uh, George knock him out, and then he comes up and to check him, looking for the almanac, and that guy's like, "Did he just take his wallet? I think I I think that guy just took his wallet." Yeah. And then when Biff wakes up. <laughs> He tells him, he's like, yeah, I think he took your wallet. Yeah, well, when Biff initially wakes up, Marty punches him again to then take it. In the <laughs> and sequel. nobody says anything because no. he just cracks him right in the face. Well, they shouldn't because Biff's terrible. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, so, anyway, so yes. many good things about um, so many good things about the movie. Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox are amazing together. Yes. Um, I, I mentioned we had a we were talking about it after we were done watching. And I, I, I said, when we got done with the trilogy, I said, I, I think that if Michael J. Fox had not gotten Parkinson's, I feel like they would have made a fourth movie probably in the two thousands sometime when things were getting, getting that refresh and the start of doing redo see movies. Why that would be necessary because I, mean, it, I don't, because it made a lot of money and it's a cult classic. And I feel like they would have made another movie if he could have handled it. Maybe, but so, I don't know why everybody has to do that. 
it, not saying that they would have remade the movie, but they could have made another sequel. Oof, I, I just, the fir- the first three movies were great. You. Yeah, they were, and they were lightning in a bottle. They were, so. and they made the second two movies back to back and released yeah. them within six months of each other. So yeah, that's another thing that's that was different during that time for 1989 and 1990 to be releasing the movies that uh that close together and after the second movie well the after the first movie when you watch it on dvd it says to be continued which it did not say theatrically yeah but then on after the second movie it says to be concluded which i always thought was cool as a kid yeah and then at the end of the third it says the end so i mean they 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 wrapped it up nicely i'm not saying that it needed another sequel but i feel like it would have gotten one had michael j fox not gotten his diagnosis supportive of michael j fox being healthy but not of a fourth Back to the Future. I, I mean, I agree. I'm not... Come on now. Don't be putting words in my mouth. Speaking of the end... <laughs> Where can I find You can find us? us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, WordPress. If we can just say 918 at gmail.com. Let us know what your favorite Back to the Future moments are. Let us know what your favorite movies from your childhood are. We'd love to hear about them. Maybe we've watched them. Maybe we haven't. We'd love to check them out. Yeah. Like, listen, subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors, your coworkers, your family strangers it'd be a great way to strike a conversation with someone by introducing them to a wonderful podcast yeah and uh i shout out once again to jr for the tattoos and uh uh, look him up and look at his socials and find his stuff out there yeah i believe that's all we can say this week bye y'all